Okay. This is Erica Lees, and I'm here with Galen Finkley Hecker. We are at the Spider House Ballroom at the Austin Archives Bazaar. It's October 19th, 2014. And you have a story to tell me. I do. So tell me, what's your story about Austin? Uh, today was a memorial service for Vincent R. Danino, who was I know who the much was. beloved Longhorn Band director mm -hmm. who came to UT uh, in 1955 and basically changed the band that had been very small and an okay band into the show band of the Southwest. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to be one of his band students, so I thought it would be appropriate today. I think that's if excellent. You're collecting Austin-related stories, mm -hmm. he had such an impact here at the university and beyond in Texas and beyond that, where his students ended up. Mm -hmm. So, um, do you think I should talk about the memorial first, or my um, uh, an overall of the man, or my? connection with him. Why don't you I'm tell me, um, first of all, about, he actually did an oral history with the Briscoe Center. Oh, he did. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. Um, so why don't you tell me, from the perspective of having been a student that worked with him, um, about meeting him and what it was like to be in the band. Okay. First of all, in 1968, I was a flute player and the drum major in a Class A school band. And band had been our life. Because in a little city, you don't have too much, you know, band and football and concert season and all of that just takes over your life. What little city did you live in? It was Hull Day Zeta, Hull Dash Day Zeta, in Liberty County between Houston and Beaumont. Okay. It's in the big thicket. Okay. <laughs> but I was the first in our family who was going to college. And I was going to the gigantic University of Texas. And so. When I came here, I knew that I loved music, but I also didn't realize what the world at UT would offer me. So I didn't try out for the band, as normal people did, straight out of high school. I lived here for a year, went to class, and kind of sampled stuff. And then I knew I just had to be in the long run band. So it was very unusual not to come in as a freshman. What was it that made you realize that you had to be in it? I just have always loved music. I love that feel of making music with your friends. It's, it's the ultimate teamwork to make music because you're all playing something different, but collectively it makes the one sound of whatever song that is. That's a feeling I haven't had in any other part of my life. So I want to continue that, it's fun, right? Plus it was all football and UT was winning every game imaginable. So, um, that was definitely an exciting time was, to be there. It was the time to be in the band. It was 69, the fall of 69, when we won the national championship. And then in the spring, it's a concert band. Mm. So that was, you know, the fall semester and the spring semester. Uh, I would have continued that, except that um, my major was journalism, and I wanted to also yeah. work on the Daily Texan. And there was no way in hell that there were enough hours in a week to what band practice took out of your life and also what working for the newspaper did. So after a year, I had to give up the band. It was a big regret in my life, but I've been a journalist all my life, so I also had to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay, so first of all, I'm a little kid from a little city, and I go to the old band hall, which was in some World War II Army barracks that no longer exist on the campus. 
They had no air conditioning. They had just huge big windows and open space and too crowded. And that's where Mr. D, as everybody affectionately called him, uh, had his office. And I, in those days, I don't think they do this now, but in those days, he was looking for the best uh, musicians in the state, so you had to audition for him. And I was never more than an adequate flutist, okay? I know I was adequate, uh, but I met the man, I met the giant. He was already a giant by then, although he was very short. <laughs> uh, and we sat down together with, you know, an normal band, everything. Here's a music stand. Okay. So he says to me, let's hear you play a chromatic scale from middle C up as high as you can go. Well, I had never played a chromatic scale in my life. Luckily, I knew what that was. And so instead of going da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da real fast, I was going da-da-da-da-da. And I went, oh, he's never going to want me. Then we had to sight read, which terrifies everybody. But I'm good at that. And then he had me place a march I had prepared. And when it was over, he said, welcome to the Longhorn Band. Uh, and that started a year-long love affair with the band and Mr. Danina. He was strict beyond strict. He demanded perfection. Uh, he didn't cotton with um, too much playing around when it was time to do your work. Uh, but he had such a way about him that we all respected and admired him. And every person he had ever met, every band student, the thousands and thousands that had gone through there, he made you feel like you were the best musician in the world. You were the smartest thing that ever came around the pike and that whatever he wanted you to do, you could do it because he knew you could. How did he do that? How did he make you feel that way? By the demands he put on you and by his rehearsals were rehearsing. It was serious business. You played your best. There was never a half-ass rehearsal that you made it through or you'd be kicked out. Um, he didn't put up with mistakes much. You needed to come prepared. And when, you're when the expectations are so high, even a mediocre player like me does my best because it's expected. And he also, it was easy. He made you feel like you could. So you did. One thing he did cotton to was being late. If you were tardy to rehearsal one second, if you weren't on the field and in your place or in your chair for a playing rehearsal, when the baton went up, you might as well cut your throat because you would never march again. There was only one scrub, and that was fatal. And everybody had that same anxiety. Um, in fact, not all freshman musicians get to march, and they certainly don't get on the travel band. That's something that's earned that you have to, you know, pay your dues for. And did you get to march? I did, but not at first. Um, I and about 150 other freshmen who wanted to be marching, you know, our heart was, oh my God, we need to get on the field. Uh, one day, I think it was before the first game, some kid had been late. 
and Danino walks over to a crowd of freshmen and says, so-and-so was late, he's out of here, who wants to march? And everybody's going, oh, what? And I went like this first, and he said, Galen, you're it. And I marched the rest of the season. That was lesson number one. If you don't speak up, and if you don't do it fast, and if you don't have confidence in yourself, I'd still be sitting back there with the freshmen wishing somebody would notice me. It was a wonderful life lesson. It also taught me you have to be on time. The importance of being on time, I had my first husband, we were late for everything because he had to go through the house and make sure the gas was turned off and then the water was running and blah, 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 blah. We were always late. He would have never made it one day in the Longhorn Band. Um, I have an anxiety dream that Mr. Danino, I told him last year, actually. He and a bunch of today's directors were in the head director's office. It was band day weekend, and so I saw him in there, and I went in and I said, Mr. D, I just have to tell you, I'm almost 65 years old, and I still have this anxiety dream about being late to band practice. I'm trying to run up the stairs. You know, the Texas Museum, you know, it goes up, 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 mm -hmm. and then it ends with the dinosaur tracks. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? All right, behind that is the band hall. And in my anxiety dream, it's like, shit, I will never get up these stairs in time to be there, and Mr. D uh, will kick me out. So what did he say when you told him about your dream? He laughed, and all everybody has known that kind of pressure from Mr. Danino. I'm not the only one uh, that sunk in like that. All the directors and the other people around all broke down laughing because they'd probably had their own version of this anxiety dream. And Mr. Danino looked at me and he said, you were a good student, you listened. And what did that mean to you to hear him say that? It was like the affirmation that I was good. Because he had always told us we were, or he would have never picked us. That we were the cream of the crop. And still I say I'm mediocre, but I think I must have been better than I thought, or Mr. Danino would have never had me. And since I turned into being a newspaper reporter who had to ask questions and who had to speak up and who had to be Johnny on the spot because you can't go back to the newsroom and say, oh, I don't have a story because I was too shy to ask something. Raising my hand that fast has kept me in good stead my whole professional life. Now, what other lessons did you learn from them? I learned from him that you also have to be positive. This was part of the memorial today, and I guess we can segue into that. Um, it was a combination of today's Longhorn Band playing from the upper reaches of Bass Concert Hall, you know, that huge hall where the acoustics are so perfect, and on the band, dressed in black, on the band stand on the stage, was the wind ensemble that was about 60 or 70 uh, current students. And Bob Cole from uh, KOKE, who has been the voice of the Longhorn Band for the last 15 years, was the MC. They had band director after band director who had taught under him or for him 
or who had been in the band and became band directors, they all spoke, including Rex Tillerson, who is the CEO of Exxon Mobil. He makes like $47 million a year, and he told how when he was in the band, he was a drummer, and uh, two lessons he learned. First, as a freshman, Mr. D put him on the bass drum. He was to keep the tempo and the time. And Danino had a way of playing some measures a little slower, but then speeding up, and the bass drummer had to be watching this. And um, this 18-year-old Rex Tillerson hadn't done so well at the bass drum, and Danino stopped it all. He was on the bullhorn, and he said, Rex, get over here. And he says to Rex, I know some people think that playing the bass drum is easy. You don't have to read music, and you don't have to play in different keys. But you are the core of the band. Your tempo is their tempo. And if you don't watch me and my baton, you're screwing up the entire band, and you'll never do this again. So let's have a second go at it, shall we? And Tillerson said, and that's when I learned that you can grow eyes at the back of your head, and that, yes, you will be watching the baton. So 11 people out of his family have been Longhorn Band members. Wow. And he is a distinguished alumnus at the UT. So that was very cool. Um, everyone who spoke talked about he had this incredible ability to remember your name, your parents' names, all your siblings' names, what all their majors were, what job you got after you graduated, and he wanted to know, even if it was 25, 30 years later, how did that job work out at IBM or whatever? And so somebody else was telling us the way he taught himself to remember the names was that every year when he picked the incoming bandsmen, he had their photographs with their names on his desk. And every day he reviewed the pictures and the names so that the first time you walked into his band hall as a student, he welcomed you with your name, which made you feel like you were somebody. That's an incredible trait. He was definitely a special man. He was a special man. Now, I don't think I've ever met anybody who was so constantly optimistic and positive. The biggest trial that might have gone on, the biggest challenge from the university, and he had to, you know, he was part of the faculty, so he had all that faculty stuff. It was all an opportunity to him. It wasn't some roadblock. It was an opportunity, and we'll get through this, and then it'll all be better. The other thing I want to mention about him is how he taught leadership. Not only did he feel like you could, and therefore you would, uh, he gave the students opportunities to make their own decisions. I remember the section leaders and the officers in the band, there would be something that was wrong or needed fixing or whatever, and they may stay in meetings to two or three o'clock in the morning after band practice because Mr. Danino has said, this and this and this aren't right. By tomorrow morning, I want to know your solution. And so it's up to those young people to decide for themselves how they needed to work it out and how to make the band better. And because Mr. Danino said, you will do this, and I know you can, they did. 
And so speaker after speaker today talked about how he made us wonderful musicians and we had teamwork, but he gave us the confidence to go out and live a life that was successful in whatever kind of job you had. And this is interesting too, you may not know this. Every year when we come back for Alumni Band Day, they tell us how many people are in the band now and what the breakdown of the majors are. The number one most musicians in the Longhorn Band are always the engineering students. Have you ever heard this? No, I did not know that. And the music majors or the music education majors, they're down like number six or seven. There is something about the brain in engineers that also are very musical. And it's my idea that people with that kind of math brain follow patterns. They're used to equations. You work out an equation and at the end you've got what X is. Mm -hmm. Well, music's written that way too. You have how many sharps or flats, what key it's in, then you have your little path. You follow the pattern, it tells you what to do. You do it like it's written. And at the end, you come to the end and you have X and you have played the music. And I think perhaps that's, that's what that is. I'm gonna hang on for just a second. Do you know if we have anyone waiting, Drew? Because my I have, husband's next. I have some follow-up questions I want to ask. <laughs> and my husband's next, so okay. Marvin Hecker. Yeah. Our time is up, but oh, there's some, okay. still some questions I want okay. to ask you just because sure. I worked on a... There are more people? Okay. Well, I'm sorry we have to wrap up there. Okay. I would really love to talk to you about... Uh, the football season and your time working at the Daily Texan, because that was also a really oh, yeah. exciting time to be on the student yes. newspaper. Yes. Um, you know, the music school is 100 years old this year, and the journalism school is too. So Friday and Friday night, I was involved in the Friends of the Daily Texan events. Oh, wow. And then Friday night, I had band rehearsal, which I left early to go drink with all of my friends from the Daily Texan back in the day. Well, maybe after so we get through... So it's a whole weekend of UT. That is a huge UT weekend. Well, why don't we wrap up for now? Um, okay. If, if you have time later and you're willing to come back, I'd love to talk to you some more. Sure. Okay. Great. Good. Thank you so much.